Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. Today's episode is called Master Happiness from the Soul with Carmel Kemp. Carmel Kemp is a spiritual intuitive, medium, and shamanic healer. Deciding that the mundane life in a box no longer suited her, Carmel set out on a mission to find herself in her true calling, clearing away the cobwebs and releasing the fear and doubt that had become strange bedfellows. Carmel had emerged whole and one with spirit. Carmel is passionate about inspiring and empowering women to realize, embrace, and understand themselves as powerful, energetic beings through their connection to source energy. Whether through intuitive readings, past life regression, energy healing, or one-to-one soul coaching, Carmel guides people in a simple, engaging, and life-changing way that shifts their awareness to their connection with their soul and higher power that allows them to manifest and create the life of their choosing. Her biggest strength is her heart that fuels the capacity she has to help women from all walks of life shift from overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and worried to fearless and free by leading them to an inner knowing of their power as spiritual beings having a human experience. Carmel's signature program, How to Master Happiness in Plain English, focuses on the underlying causes of unhappiness, how to change them, and lays out step-by-step her breakthrough and innovative process by which to achieve lasting peace and happiness. Welcome to the show, Carmel. Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for having me. It's terrific to be here. Yes, I agree. And it's so cool that we connected and it turns out you're an eWomen Network member also. I am, yes. I, uh, it's a fabulous organization, and uh, I'm just really excited. I've uh, just been getting going here the last few months, but uh, yeah, amazing group. Yeah, it is. And you're part of the Vancouver chapter out of Canada, right? Yes, I am. Beautiful BC. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get there someday. That's perfect. Oh, shit. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So I'm really happy to have you here to hear your story, talk to you about happiness and mastering that. Um, why don't you just start by sharing with the listeners your story about healing and transformation into happiness and freedom for you and kind of what that looked like, what triggered it and all that good stuff. For sure. Well, thank you. Um, boy. I don't know. I kind of looked at my life there a little for a little while, like it was a good old country song, you know, the one where your marriage over dog dies and the tractor breaks down. Yeah. And kind of what happened, um, you know, my relationship, uh, you know, ended about three years ago, which, um, you know, was always a little bit of a, a traumatic experience and it was 16 years, but to, to really sort of dive back um I kind of you know my childhood wasn't really all that all that pleasant and uh I uh got to experience um multiple forms of abuse from a very very early age and I grew up very very disillusioned and um and afraid to be honest and uh, I didn't trust anyone I lived each day um in fear 
and I felt deeply, deeply wounded. And that carried over really throughout the rest of, of my life because what happened was is that I built um, you know, a wall of bricks and steel and barbed wire around me wanting to keep me safe, but that didn't really work so much. And what I realized later on was that you know, the seeds had been planted of, you know, of unworthiness and there was a lot of guilt and shame that came along with that. And I ended up living the majority of the last, you know, 20, 30 years in a very, very negative mind space. Um, the negative thoughts, the negative stories. Um, I didn't feel that I was lovable. I didn't know how to love or be loved. And it was just this really vicious cycle of really, it was like I had become addicted to self-loathing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and while I did experience some very, you know, traumatic things at a young age, um, I wasn't able to really let them go. And um, with the demise of my relationship, it triggered a latent um, intuitive connection to spirit and to source. And I had some experiences when I was young, but I shut them off like most people and, but this time I was unable to ignore it. It was like, the, yeah, you know, the universe literally took me by the ear and said, we are going this way now. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it was just like this magic carpet sort of picked me up and, and flew me to heights that I just never realized were possible before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they laid out some breadcrumbs for me and, and I just really followed that. But one of the things that was really key was understanding that negative looping story and how that all works. And, and I practiced, I listened, I read, you know, they guided me to mentors and to courses. And um, I literally discovered ways of stopping that negative storyline and embracing, you know, my worthiness, um, my love. And um, now I'm uh, a completely different person. The, the cycles of fear and doubt no longer exist. And I'm in just such a beautiful place of, of peace and happiness. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that um, have experienced similar things to me and also experience that negative storyline that uh, loops around in their brain. And so my purpose and my calling is to, to share my story and to share the techniques and tools that I've learned to shift that, that mode of thinking and that conditioned mind into something more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love the way you, you tell your story. It's very beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Share a little bit about your happiness and freedom and what kind of tools do you use to tap into that for yourself? Well, you know, it's really interesting is that what I discovered was that, that I was creating all of my own unhappiness. And I know that that's not really a, a popular thought for a lot of people because, you know, many of us, we think that life happens to us rather than with us and, and within us. And, There are, I mean, there is some science behind it, whereas there are, you know, neurohormones 
in the mind so that when you, you have a thought, it triggers an emotion, and then that emotion triggers another thought. And there's a whole bunch of neurohormones that fire around in there that actually cycle that pattern. So it becomes very, very difficult to get out of it. Um, but what I understood was that perception is a, is a huge thing, and, and perception is reality. How we perceive things is based on our past experiences, and then we drag that forward, and it becomes another cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's about understanding that you can change the perception of your story and the way that you look at things. And I found that in order to do that, you have to understand that you do have a choice. Things don't happen to us just because, and there's many moments that we do have a choice um, to either follow that um, looping story or not. And so I kind of, I, I liken it to using, you know, understanding the role that our, our perception and then embracing the power of our choice. And we have choices that are buried or seemingly buried in thousands of times in a day. How we look at things, whether we're standing in a line at Starbucks and it's a long line and all we're thinking about is, oh, I'm going to be late and wish it can hurry up. And it becomes a negative experience rather than just stopping and breathing and maybe noticing a young couple in the corner and witnessing the love that they're sharing for each other. And we miss the opportunity of noticing the beauty that is all around us at any given second. And then really understanding that, that everything is energy. Um, you know, science has proven this over and over and over again. Um, and there's energy in our thoughts and our words, our actions, and we seem to throw these things around willy-nilly. But um, energy is key. I mean, there's probably many times that you've, you know, been at work or something and gone, oh, my goodness, the energy was terrible at the office today. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite, oh, you know, the energy was great. And so we know that energy really impacts and influences our life, but we miss the opportunity of being able to harness that. I like an energy to being... Um, it's almost, it's our most valuable currency, right? We balance our bank deposits, but we don't really kind of try to work on balancing our energy. And so what I discovered was that there was three really simple things that we carry with us throughout the day that can get you out of the storyline. And one of that is breath, is breathing. Mm -hmm. Because we have become a society that only breathes in our upper chest, which sends out a stress response to the rest of the body, thinking that we're under attack for some reason when it's not the case. So it keeps us in this looping sort of um, feeling that we're always and constantly under stress. And there are actually 175 neurons in the brain whose sole responsibility it is to monitor the breath. Mm. So if you're not breathing deeply, it sends out a stress response. And so that increases more stress. So the first thing that I do is I tell people to really take some deep breaths right down into your belly because it will give you the time and space to kind of calm down. Yeah. And the other thing is to count. As simple as that may sound is to count to six because then again, those neurons have four to seven seconds from the time that they start, then they dissipate. So you can go from reacting and you only have really four seconds to react. That's the only time that you can say that you have that excuse. That, oh, well, I react. <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't, you know, we can't, we don't react for half an hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're making the choice to 
we're, we're making a choice after about six seconds to stay with the trigger and the reaction when in fact that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is using energy to your advantage. I mean, we all like, it's like getting cut off in the car and, you know, the swearing and the finger waving that happens after that and the name <laughs> calling and it goes on and on and on and it goes well past the four seconds. So if you breathe in that space, count to six and understand you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Do I want to go down the rabbit hole and create more negativity for myself? Or do I want to breathe and go, it's, it, is it worth it or not? And make the choice and acknowledge and embrace that you're making a choice. And then choose to find the most absolute, positive, and beautiful thing in front of you because it switches the energy immediately. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be angry if you're noticing a beautiful blossoming bunch of flowers in a garden that just happens to be right in the meridian where this guy, you know, might have cut you off. There is beauty everywhere around us. And um, so it's really about breathing, counting to six, and choosing to focus on a much more positive aspect and perception or anything that is in front of you. Oh, yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is so powerful. And one of the things you just mentioned was kind of our emotional and reaction triggers, those things. And I know I noticed for myself, um, it was really empowering for me to realize I have a choice when I owned that all that emotional um the those feelings that rise up what I we call triggers or our buttons are getting pushed that kind of stuff was my own and that I had responsibility over healing that that wasn't about whatever the other person was triggering or what other circumstance was triggering that that like I could create a new by doing inner healing work on those things within myself for sure, you know, and I think that, you know, that's kind of half the battle. We, we, we live in a society, you know, where we grow, when we grow up, that we don't have to or we don't want to take responsibility for what is happening to us. And we've been taught, unfortunately, to suppress um, emotions, uh, except for, you know, anger and frustration. We seem to like to express those yeah. <laughs> frequently, but, you know, the sadness. But part of it is, is really, you know, owning it and asking yourself, like, why? Why is this bothering me so much? And it really comes back to understanding that it's just because that's how you've perceived your life before. I used to, um, you know, a lot of the time, my, my negativity that was in my mind constantly was because when I was younger, I just grew to expect that that was going to happen. Mm. And so that's how I kept on perceiving everything. You know, it would be like, well, why bother? Because it's just going to turn to crap in a few minutes anyway. That's what I learned to expect. And so really embracing and owning, um, you know, the power of my choice. um, You know, there's a lot of work there that had to be done for me in the concept of and the perception of of worthiness, because um, I grew up in a household where I was called useless quite frequently. And so I believed that. Mm. And so, um, you know, being able to get into a place of, of owning power can be uncomfortable and it can be um, not very familiar. And so going through this process of, of and it, did, it happened so quickly because when I, because I trial and errored this, you know, it was like I'd try something and it, it didn't work, but, you know, I was encouraged to keep on 
going. My guides were like, okay, you know, a book would jump out of me at a shelf or a course would come up or a, a, a new friend or mentor would show up. And, mm-hmm. you know, it became about navigating the space about how, how to figure that out. And when I finally figured it out, it started to change so quickly because these things have to be experiential because that's how they were formed in the first place. So it, it, seems it would be nice for me to sit here and talk on and on about it and somebody go, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But if it doesn't work, it means nothing. And then it just becomes lip service. Mm-hmm. When I started to experience, you know, pulling myself out of that, that rabbit hole and not beating myself up for being in there because we like to do that too. And just yeah. going, oh, you found yourself in there again. Come on out. <laughs> out to six. And in finding the beauty in something, even if it's as simple as a color that is pleasing to you, and it switched that energy so fast that it became, it was like, oh my God, this, this can work. Like, yeah. This can really work. And it became a snowball. And, and it was only a few short weeks when I really understood that I'm going to keep with this because it will work. And it was, it's been absolutely fabulous since there. But yeah, owning, owning and taking responsibility for the choices that we have is huge. Yeah, I love how you speak to that. So one of the things I know that was part of your journey and was very transformative for you was meditation. Yes. Yeah, talk about that. Well, you know, I was one of those people that thought, I can't meditate. I'm not even going to try. I can't possibly turn this mind off long enough to sit still. And, um, you know, that's kind of one of the biggest misconceptions because, you know, once I started doing it, I was like, oh, my goodness, why didn't I do this before? But it was the perception that I couldn't. And it was the perception that, that you have to turn your mind off and turn thoughts off. I mean, you know, it's almost impossible to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can get to a, a place now where that happens, but that's after I've been, I've been doing this a, a long time now. But what I would say is that one of the biggest things that I learned, and I can't remember who told me this or if I read it or, or what it was, is, but is that you can let the thoughts come. Mm-hmm. But try to become the observer. So imagine that it's like sitting at a red light and you're watching all the other traffic go through the, you know, in front of you. And if you look at it as that, is that you can allow the thoughts to come, but not engage with them and not judge them. Mm -hmm. And just be the observer because thoughts are where we get really cool ideas from. And it's also where a lot of our intuition comes from. It's where we're in that place where we are able to receive the knowledge, our own inner wisdom, the wisdom from the universe. And so, you know, at first for me, it was hard. You know, a thought would come and I'd go, oh, why the heck did I think that? But then if you just actually watch it go and say, oh, yeah, well, that was an interesting thought. See you later. I don't, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with you. It just becomes, um, it comes a, a, it's a really, really comforting space for me to be in and go into now. And whether I do guided meditations or still meditations, 
it's just I find it's the single most important thing that that we can do because it brings us back to ourselves um, we live in a society that is so so consumed with being attached to what's going on to um, the external environment um, mm-hmm. around us that we, we, we are not spending enough time with ourselves yeah yeah that is so true for getting connected with with who we are and it's so healing for our energy but with the mind too you made such an important point that we don't have to turn off our thoughts I, I met someone who said well I just can't meditate I can't get in a meditative state and I'm like well what do you mean by a meditative state you know <laughs> there's we don't have to do really anything it's just that that pausing we can take because the more we can pause the more we can kind of um, choose to respond instead of react in our usual way or choose to not go down some negative alley you know and start noticing the beauty instead yeah for sure because it's um it's just in that space of of stillness where you can really kind of relax and let let everything go and what i found was is that I started to learn a lot about myself in that space, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that that's, that's really important. And, you know, we, we seldom, you know, we think that we know ourselves, but when you get into that space and you can, you know, look at the thoughts, look at the things that trigger you, find out, you know, why they start triggering you, you can have a lot of really, you know, aha moments in that space where you can grow and you'll go, oh my goodness, that's, that's how come I react that way. It's because of that. And then you'll get insights into, you know, how you can just let that go. Mm-hmm. And it's a good space to let emotions go because really emotions come up because they're literally knocking on the inside of us, just wanting to be acknowledged and recognized so they can be released and it's in the releasing of emotions that actually creates more space for the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is so true. And I think one of the big takeaways for our listeners would really to be making that shift to stop telling ourselves, I, I can't do that to just resting into really, we can do whatever is ours to do and to start just shifting into that mindset of I can I can and I would be supported and guided if it's my thing to do hundred <laughs> percent and you know I used to be one of those people you know again you know I mean it's my old story but I grew up not thinking that I could do anything because I didn't think that I was you know worthy of it so well I can't do that and that's when the a lot of the the ego kicks in and ego is fear right it's all just created in the mind and so the ego doesn't want you to try anything new because you're, oh, what would my parents say? I can't do that. You know, my friends think. And, you know, we have that crazy vicious circle. But we, we are completely and limitless beings. The only thing really limiting us is our imagination. And we truly are more than we think we are. So this is a great point here. We're going to take a moment for a commercial and we will have more with Carmel when we return. 
Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rhondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Rev with Rachel. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but you can call me Rachel. Today I am speaking with Carmel Kemp, spiritual intuitive, medium, and shamanic healer. It's good to be with you again, Carmel. Oh, thanks, Rachel. I'm having so much fun. I'm really honored and blessed to be here. Yeah, this is cool. You have such a beautiful way of speaking to all of these things we're talking about today. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was past life regression because I saw that you did that and we talked about that. Um, I had my own experience with my, after I brought my first son home from the hospital and I was alone with him just in his nursery and I was nursing and I had this aha that was kind of this bigger knowing than anything I had ever known in my entire life that I've done this before, like I had nursed before and I've known him forever. And it was just kind of the soul knowing and um, that just kind of opened me up to like, hey, there's something beyond this. I've experienced something else. And um, so I just wanted you to talk about, you know, your work with past life and the regressions that you do and and how that shows up in our lives. Yeah, for sure. And that's a really beautiful experience that uh that you had uh, with your son. I've had uh, a few experiences with people that I have uh, have met uh, myself, and it's um, it's a it's a powerful experience in knowing when that window opens and you really come to understand that uh, that you know somebody on a deeper and and different level. But it's also really really exciting and powerful to to embrace and know that that there's something that we can learn from back there. You know, that, that, that knowing that you have in that moment also, for me anyway, leads to a, an ability to express an understanding of a larger picture that, you know, while we, what we know of each of ourselves and each other in this time space or in this life, if you want to call it, is such a small part of really who we are, because the soul and the spirit have been here so many, many times. And um, my past life, um, how I, I got into this was because I um, I met a, a woman, um, um, Denise Lynn, who's a Hay House author and writer, and one of the, probably the best-known people in the world that do past life regression, and I got to learn from her. And how we discovered that was that we actually have a past life connection. Uh And uh, when I met her at the workshop, we just kept staring at each other. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And we didn't have the time and space to explore it, but we did eventually when I took the course from her. 
And, and um, you know, what I learned from about doing past life regression is that it's a little bit different than some of the other modalities. It's not a therapy, and it's also different from life coaching. Um, and its primary aim is to clear away inner debris and, and junk mm-hmm. so that, you know, so that we can discover our own inner wisdom. And there's a lot of things even that we can do before even going into a past life that actually might even give you some clues as to who or what or where you might have been in a past life. And it could be as simple as things as looking at, you know, what are the, some of the childhood games that you're interested in? What clothing do you like to wear? Are you kind of like, you know, the gypsy, the free-flowing, or do you like more sort of military style? Um, it really, I've discovered um, a lot of these preferences, if you want to call them that, in this life can lead us to clues of who we might have been in a past life. But what I've found is really one of the most powerful things is that in the way that I've learned how to do this and, you know, in working with my my clients, is that you can change the energy that may be preventing you or limiting you from actualizing your fullest potential in this life. And the easiest way for me to sort of describe that is to give an example. And so... Um, if you're afraid of water, perhaps, um, and don't swim, there is a good chance that you may have drowned in a past life. Mm-hmm. And so going back into that past life and um, going into that and looking at that, and you can change the energy in there. You can either hover above that experience and look down at yourself doing that, Or what you can do is that we can actually divert that so that you actually see yourself surviving that experience. Um, And while it doesn't change the fact that you may have drowned, it changes the energy and it can actually release and open a pathway where you would actually be willing now in this life to explore the possibility of taking swimming lessons. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I'll use one of my own examples as well that is, is really incredibly powerful um, because a while ago, I, you know, my guides and I was being led to, to doing public speaking and I was like, oh my goodness, I could talk about <laughs> things all the time. But when it came to talking about myself, my voice would always crack. And that was because I didn't have the confidence or there was something, there was fear, there was an energy in my throat that was preventing me from talking about myself in a clear way. Mm -hmm. So in one of these past lives I went into, I saw myself as a Roman. (laughs) It was great. It was all in the garb and everything and the guards were going to take me off and we were going to go to the theater and I was going to give a speech. Mm -hmm. And we were walking along and all of a sudden... You know, in in my physical body, I started feeling all, you know, tight and my heart started to beat faster and I got, I was feeling afraid and I knew that I was going to be killed before I got to give the speech. And so the person that was guiding me, we, we moved back a little bit and then we changed things so that I saw myself giving the speech. Mm-hmm. Within two weeks after that regression, 
every time I started speaking about myself, my voice no longer cracked. It had completely cleared that negative energy and that limiting thing that the, like the soul does pick up um, belief systems from past lives. Yeah. And it stays in a very, very deep layer in the psyche. And so that, I, and it, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, what's going on? I can talk a blue streak whenever I talk about myself. <laughs> I, I it's like, it's just not coming out. And so I, this, it, it completely healed that for me and it changed that energy. And I'm now able to, you know, express my story and talk about me without that crackling. So it's incredibly, incredibly powerful healing um, for anybody. If you've got medical issues, now I'm not saying that, you know, this isn't going to diagnose, but um, allergies, um, food dislikes, there's things... Um, is there something that's happening or keeps on happening in your life that, you know, you, you get a great job and then it's like, oh, no, this is happening again. Um, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep on getting passed over for, for promotions or how come I don't ever get the raise? And a lot of that energy could be because it's rooted in a past life somewhere where that was the story of the day. So it's, it's an incredible, incredible healing modality. I absolutely just love it. Yeah, oh, it is very powerful. And I love the way you speak to that. I think, I think too, you know, with past life, it's very empowering if we have an awareness around a past life and move forward from there, you know, kind of letting that go versus like, oh, well, I draw on a past life. So I'm never going to swim in this life. I'm afraid or, or like, you know, you could have said, oh, well, I had this speaking, this problem in a past life, so I'm just afraid of speaking now and, you know, and stopping there. But to be able to shift beyond and take those next steps in life and, you know, face our fears is very, very powerful. It's amazing. And it goes back to the just understanding the power and the concept that, that of energy mm -hmm. and how we can transmute and transform negative energy into positive energy um you know the the alchemists and i, I love you know the the, the kabbalion and, and hermetics but when they were talking about turning lead into gold they were speaking in code because it was heresy at the time and if they were actually speaking about what they were talking outwardly about what they were actually meaning there was a good chance that they could have been you know killed or burned mm. but what they were talking about was actually not turning a piece of lead into a piece of gold but they were talking about turning the lead and the darkness in in, in, in our psyche of fear into gold, into light, and into positive love. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really what they were thinking. But yeah, they, the transitions of, of clearing energetic pathways from, from everything. And you know, what's really interesting is that the soul knows where you need to go. Uh -huh. I have had a past life, and I know I've had a few past lives um, living in Peru. And I so wanted to go into one of those past lives, but I didn't go into it because uh -huh. the soul was like, no, you need to go here because we need to resolve this issue now. Yeah. To move forward. So the soul knows, um, and you know, and it just really, it opens up a pathway for your own inner wisdom to really come through and shine. Mm-hmm. 
So now I want to talk about mastery of happiness and how, how you help others master happiness. I think one of the, one of the things is what is the soul or any of the things we're talking about today have to do with our ability to be happy. And, um, you know, one of the things you talk about is rewiring the conditioned mind, and you touched on that earlier, but talk more about mastery of happiness and how, how you help people do that and what that looks like. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, this was, this was my first step. This was the first thing that I, I needed to do in my process in order to continue raising my vibration and increasing my connection to source was to get out of that negative, negative thinking. And, um, you know, we're, we're taught to fear at a very young age. We're taught to attach to external things around us. We're, we're taught that we should do this or we should be that because that's what our parents learned and their parents and their parents. And I'm not saying that there's any great conspiracy theory here because they did the best that they could. But it was based on a, a billions and billions of storylines, if you will. Right, all of the expectations and societal norms and morals are 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 built upon a whole bunch of other people's perceptions and mm-hmm. storylines. And so, I like to say that just because something has been done a certain way for hundreds of years, actually doesn't make it right. Yeah, and that's one of the the first things to really start to understand is that it is okay to forge your own path and, and be a, and be the change maker because doing, doing something that we've, we've done or you've done is only going to get you more of what you already have. So it's about also having the courage to understand and have the awareness that there are things that you want to change. And for me, what I wanted to change was to, to get out of that negative storyline And I understood how much of that was connected to the collective. And I say, I call it the collective unconscious with no, you know, I mean no harm by saying that, but it it is true. And, And understanding what is best for me, what is, you know, what is best for me? What, what do I need to do to show up as the best version as I possibly can? And I certainly couldn't do that while I was living in a negative storyline. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is that I had to now switch the energy and my perception and my choices into a much more positive mindset and not get up in the morning and go, well, today's going to suck because yesterday sucked. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and look at the raw and pure potential that actually exists in every single moment. And it's there if you choose it. It is just as simple as choosing it. Now, it takes practice. I'm not just saying that, you know, just because we're now aware that we, we have something in our life that we want to change, that by Tuesday next week at 3 o'clock, it should be done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing we want to do, because this is going to unfold at a different pace and rate for everyone. And, and so when I, I, I designed a, an online program um, that's a 30-day program, And it has three modules that, you know, gets delivered every 10 days. But there's also a a live component and a workbook to it um, because I just didn't want to say to people here, go and do it. I wanted there to be support along the way with that because it it challenges 
It challenges a comfortable way that you've been thinking your whole entire life. And so the first thing to get through is to meet that challenge, go through a little bit of that uncomfortableness, because nobody ever wants to hear that they're the source of their own unhappiness, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know like a lot of things do happen that, that cause us to be unhappy. But one of the things is, too, is that, you know, happiness is not a constant way of being. It is an emotion just like fear, grief, anger that cannot be sustained 24-7. So it's understanding, though, that coming from a, a place of peace mm-hmm. is a way of being. It's not an emotion. And when you can come at life from a state and, um, and place of being in peace, then your moments of happiness increase and the frequency in which they happen can increase because you're now in a very peaceful place. You're not running around thinking that everything is negative, everything is going to go wrong. You now understand that you have the power to perceive things as not being as bad as they are. Mm-hmm. Because nothing is really ever that bad. Now, you know, some people out there will say, well, you don't know, but I do know. I have experienced sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. You know, my, my parents were alcoholics. My mother suffered from, from mental illness. So trust me when I tell you, I do know. I do know how it feels to be in that space. And so... And I think it's so often that we kind of run from feeling, you know, feeling anything negative, whether we're doing it through alcohol or too much exercise or work, or now we can zone out on technology. Um, But I found the more like I become present with myself and, and I don't do those things, I'll, I can feel the bad stuff and be okay with that, like getting comfortable with feeling that. And the more I've felt the bad stuff, the more I can feel the wonderful too. Like it's like a spectrum and we, we can, we have, in order to feel the wonderful, we have to feel everything. <laughs> yeah, in, in a lot of ways, that's, I mean, that's really, really true, but it's, it, and it's also understanding that, you know what, all that actually really exists is now, you know, without getting into a huge conversation about time, the past only exists in your mind and the ego wants to drag you back in there and you get triggered into a thought and then it's an emotion and then it's another thought. Mm-hmm. Same as about, you know, right now, why would I worry about what's going to happen next week? But we do that and we attach to that. So we're we're either, you know, ruining the past or regretting the past or we're worried about the future. Mm -hmm. And we're not we're not understanding that really where the power and the magic and creativity is, is actually in the now. Yeah, and that's really, too, like a moment-to-moment practice of being aware of what we're doing with our awareness and coming into the present moment. I know, I guess for me, I should speak of myself, I feel like it's a, you know, moment-to-moment throughout the day. I'm like, okay, now I'm I'm present now, and I'm choosing that. Or if I'm driving and find myself ruminating about something, I, I can notice my ruminating and then be like, no, I just need to be present right here. What are the kids talking about or, you know? For sure. And that's it. And it's about, you know, just even taking that, that pause, like you said, and going, okay, wait a minute. What do I want to choose now? Mm-hmm. Like right now, what do, I, what do I want to choose? Do I want to choose to 
worry about, you know, what happened yesterday in the meeting or worry about how the heck I'm going to retire. You know, what do I want to choose now? Yeah. You know, where do I want to be now? And it forces you to, to be more mindful of you. And it's not selfish at all. Because if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of anything else. Yeah, that's so true. I remember having this aha, like um, I had a career in research and I, I realized, you know, while I could have justified it and been like, oh, I'm helping people, I realized I really wasn't. And now I know I because I wasn't helping people from the soul level, you know, it was kind of superficial. And I remember having this awareness that I wanted to help people. And then my next awareness was, oh my gosh, you know what? I have to help myself first. Like I can't help anyone if I am not taking a look at what's going on in here first. <laughs> so that was kind of the how my healing journey had started. A hundred percent, you know, I mean, and it's true when they say that the hardest journey that you'll ever take is the 12 inches between your mind and your heart is is true, but it's also the most amazing and beautiful journey. I wouldn't have changed any of this for the world. And I look at it as that I, I, I think with my heart and I love with my mind. And if you can actually switch that, because the heart has a mind, mm-hmm. and you, you ask yourself, what would my heart do? What would my heart say? Because we, there's energy and words and thoughts and we throw words around and you can, with a few words, either send somebody into complete and utter joy or absolutely devastate them into sadness. Mm -hmm. And I think that we really have to really be mindful of the energy that we, we vibrate because we are energy and we are a vibrating transmitter and receiver. Mm-hmm. And we can choose to change the energy with which and how we show up. Yep, that's so true. And Carmel, I just love all of the wisdom you've shared with us today. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Oh, my goodness. It's such a great pleasure, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. And if any of the listeners would want to connect with you to learn more about happiness and healing, how would you like for them to do that? You know what? My website is the best place to go, and um, that's um, carmelkemp.com. And uh, you can reach me there. You can uh, take a look at uh, at some of the wonderful things that that I am trying to do and and trying to share. And uh, and I would love to to hear from from any and all out there that are interested. Very cool. And you have a page on Facebook as well, right? I do. It's um, Carmel Kemp, um, and uh, it's uh, Modern Mystic Intuitive. Cool. So go like Carmel's page. Check her out. I would love for you to do that. Thanks again, Carmel. Thank you, Rachel. It's been such a joy. Yes. I love this time with you. Hey, listeners, I have an app that will support you on your journey to inner healing and radiance. It is free to download and you can subscribe for more features, including my daily recreators, power words for retraining your mind and get special push notifications from me with quotes and other messages for your healing journey. For the links to download and subscribe, go to www.rachelapp.com. And if you want more information about my favorite tools for transformation and radiance, go to my website at www.drrachelw.com and enter your name and email address. I will send you my nine happiness and healing essentials.
With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. This is the EWN Podcast Network.